0: Hello and welcome to Cool Time Life. I'm your host, Steve Prentice. Here's what you need to know about this podcast series. Each of our Cool Time Life podcasts is 10 minutes or so in length. Each one focuses on a topic dealing with people, productivity, and technology. Each contains short units offering ideas and facts you probably need to know about to thrive in today's busy world. An index of our podcasts, who I am, as well as subscription information, is available at steveprentice.com under the podcast tab. A busy day offers plenty of excuses not to go to the gym. And even when we do, it's often just 20 minutes on the Stairmaster or the elliptical. The weight room and all those machines seem to fade from relevance, left only to the bodybuilders and the gym rats. But what if I was to suggest to you that actual weightlifting might be central to your ambitions as a professional and as a leader, and might also do wonders for fending off some seemingly unrelated conditions associated with aging, including dementia? Well, I don't have to, because in this episode of Cool Time Life, I have the pleasure of introducing you to Tim Bean, longevity specialist, keynote speaker, and co-founder, along with Anne Lang, of the Institute of Physique Management, a London-based, world-renowned facility that specializes in the art and science of fine-tuning brain and body, and whose client list includes executives and celebrities from all over the world. Tim's message about the relationship between health, diet, work, stress, vitality, and success is highly practical and straightforward, and his book contains many eye-opening and life-changing concepts. Tim spoke to me via Skype from his New Zealand office.
1: Conversations are starting to turn towards the other soft skills, some would say, in business. And if we look at what we call the four cornerstones of executive longevity at a physical level, we're talking about effective exercise. We're talking about intelligent or strategic nutrition cellular regeneration through better sleep rest and recovery strategies and the fourth is optimized physiology by paying attention to our medical biomarkers things like blood pressure blood sugar levels hormone levels Um, glandular function. And once we get that data, get that information, then we're in a better position to get ourselves in a strong, robust position to deliver all the skills that we need to in our roles.
0: So what Tim is describing here is almost like a parallel track. It's health through awareness of how the body operates, as well as what it can tell you. But this then reflects outwards, not only visually in terms of your overall healthy appearance, but also in terms of leadership capacity and business excellence as he told me before the interview began if you are an investment advisor for example and you are looking after millions of dollars of people's money you have to prove that you are in total control of other areas of your life starting with health so he suggested we break this down into its separate segments
1: Well, if we look at each unit just very briefly, in terms of effective exercise, when we survey all our audiences, uh, most of them are exercising because they can see the benefit from it. Now, the fitness industry for many years has been guilty of oversimplifying in that we've said for years, look, it's not rocket science. All you have to do is get more exercise, eat less food. But it is actually rocket science because the human physiology is a pretty complex thing, but it's also marvelously capable.
0: I asked him straight up, given that there's a lot of men and women out there who would agree and who would want a realistic plan for staying healthy, and given that everywhere you turn on TV and on the internet there are weight loss and miracle fitness solutions by the hundreds, what's a sound, reasonable method of developing a healthy body inside of a busy business day? Where should I go if I'm just starting out?
1: If somebody's just starting out with exercise, my recommendation would be to start by lifting weights. Now, the reason is this, is many of the conferences we speak at are medical conferences, and we get to hear the world's top professors, scientists, doctors, researchers, talking about human beings being in better shape for a longer life. So this is about human longevity, not just staying alive, but being alive and and living a full and active and rewarding life. And we hear the message time again, strong people stay young.
0: That is an amazingly powerful phrase. Strong people stay young. I love it.
1: You know, 50% of people uh, in, in the UK and in New Zealand that are committed to care homes and old folks homes, there's nothing medically wrong with them. They're just frail. So if we can improve a person's agility, their posture, their structural strength, that also has ramifications in terms of what status the body's in. Because if you can push the body into an anabolic mode, in other words, a growth mode, rather than an atrophy mode, which is what happens as we age, uh, then the consequences of that at a glandular level, at at an internal biomarker level are quite dramatic. We actually start turning the age clock back. Uh, And typically in business, as people become more senior, uh, they're obviously getting older. And so the aging process becomes a factor in how we're able to perform and deliver at a top level in business. But what we see is instead of people in senior roles becoming younger, fitter, faster, stronger, more energized, more engaged, the observation we have is that they're getting older, slower, sicker, fatter and weaker every day faster than at any time in our human history. Part of that is because we're getting less and less active, we're becoming more sedentary, but also the stress and demands of business are increasing as well. So if I was to suggest a starting point, I would say start by lifting weights. Uh, Now, there's other consequences to that as well. As well as improving posture, particularly if you spend a lot of time sitting in a chair, in a boardroom, in a car, on an aircraft. Those postural muscles need to be trained. They need to be tuned up to get you in good shape where you can, for example, even draw a full lung full of air, which you can't do if you're collapsed, if you're crunched in a seat. But the other advantages, and there's a study recently by Professor Dr. Maria Fiataroni-Singh at the University of Sydney that showed that lifting heavy weights cut depression by 50% in adults and was as effective in treating depression than the default medication. So at a mental health level, this very physical action, this very physical activity has a huge consequence, a massive consequence. We also know that people who are of a normal weight but are carrying a big belly are 70% more likely to get dementia than someone that isn't carrying a belly at the age of 40. If we're older, the age of 50, that risk actually increases to over 300%. So there's a definite neck up neck down link if if everything that we do comes from the neck up in our brain is is mental and cognitive performance yet we're not taking care of the rest of our body uh, we're ignoring the fact that our brain is just another organ of the body the same as lungs liver kidney heart stomach and the level of care we're investing in the rest of our body and the rest of our health is actually the level of care we're investing in our brain health and our mental health and if that's not congruent there's a mismatch that creates its own level of stress which then we've got another problem trying to deal with
0: as i said at the beginning of this podcast most people think that cardiovascular exercise is key to overall health and weight management so does that still have a role
1: now that's not to say i'm against aerobic or cardio training that has an important role to play particularly for cardiovascular health but if you are starting that's the key thing that i'd start with and i'd put that first and foremost if you had to prioritize the order of things that you did to the point that i would say build before you burn So do weights as a priority before you even started paying attention to your aerobic fitness. If you're doing that in the same workout, that applies. So do your weight segment before you do your cardiovascular or your aerobic segment. But that's definitely where I'd start. And I've been into the hard end of aerobic work. You know, I was was into long distance running there for a while. I did a lot of cycling and spinning and I'd probably do three to four cardio sessions a week. But I would also do three to four weight training sessions a week and a couple of yoga sessions. So I'm not spending all day in the gym. Typically, we would spend 50 minutes every day doing some sort of exercise. But that's it. We've got a lot of commitments, as anybody in business does, and I really uh, would encourage people to consider you don't have to be exercising or in the gym for an hour, an hour and a half, two hours a day. 45 to 50 minutes will do it.
0: For some people, especially women, the idea of working out with weights leads to visions of becoming muscle-bound, like a professional bodybuilder. So I asked him if this is a legitimate concern. Will women who lift weights see those kinds of adverse reactions?
1: women don't have to fear getting muscle-bound. That's an anathema. That actually doesn't happen to anybody, really. Uh, They don't even have to fear getting bulky. Uh, Sometimes women are worse at it than men. They go on these starvation diet cycles where they will lose a lot of muscle mass over a period of time. So by the time they're 40, 50, their muscle mass has really become compromised. Their lean mass is, is under their ideal weight. So that needs to be rebuilt. So there will be a gain in weight. But in doing that, here's the beauty of this. If you were to put on uh, two and a half pounds of lean mass, lean muscle, that beautiful, toned, hard lean muscle will burn two and a half pounds of fat off in less than three months if you never got off a chair. So that's the metabolic advantage of building muscle. So you're not going to get bulky. You know, muscle is, by weight, by size, it's a third of the size of fat. So if you can use that muscle to burn fat, you look better, you have a better shape, you'll stand better, you'll wear your clothes better, uh, and you'll get smaller. You'll lose that bulk that, that, that fat makes up. For sure.
0: So there you have it. A few minutes with health and vitality expert Tim B. Your body is rocket science after all, but it's still eminently controllable, and the benefits radiate in all directions. You can find out more about Tim and Anne's practical approaches to health, exercise, diet, and anti-aging by visiting the Institute of Physique Management at this really cool address, www.thehardedge.com, dot com. Their book, called The Wealthy Body in Business, Earn More Money by Being in Better Shape, is available at Amazon. If you have a comment about the show or a question you would like answered in a future episode, please let me know. You can drop me a line through the contact form at steveprentice.com and you can follow me on Twitter at Stephen Prentice, S-T-E-V-E-N-P-R-E-N-T-I-C-E. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing and leaving a review. And if you really like what you hear, you can actually help support us with a small donation of $1, 2 or $5 via PayPal. The link to that is also at steveprentice.com under that same podcast link. The theme music for Cool Time Life was obtained through podcastthemes.com. Until next time, I'm Steve Prentice. Thanks for listening.